Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Charles. Hey, Don. Good morning. Good morning. So first, we'll, and we'll continue to play. I was playing some clips earlier. Um, so give me your take as you, you watch the debate. And first of all, your thoughts. It was quite painful, Don. And that mm-hmm. seems to be the unanimous reaction to last night's debate that John Fetterman is clearly still recovering from a serious health crisis that happened on primary eve, recovering from the stroke. And this morning, the campaign is flustered and, and panicking. Nexstar, which hosted the debate, uh, has been criticized by the campaign for its closed captioning system. They're saying that it was delayed and filled with errors. But as Nexstar's communications chief said in a statement this morning that that both campaigns were given opportunities to test the system twice, and Fetterman chose to only do it once in one rehearsal. Really, this is a story, Don, of the media, too. Since the stroke in May, let's face it, Fetterman has not been scrutinized with the level that he should have been scrutinized in terms of his transparency and what he is confronting. It's a serious issue. It does matter. Voters are being asked to sign on to a six-year contract with their vote for him. Um, Early voting has already started in Pennsylvania. Nearly 1.5 million Pennsylvanians have already cast ballots before last night. And the media in August, for example, the focus was that Fetterman is running a fun campaign, an Internet-savvy campaign. He's trolling his way to victory. But really, the story of this race is that Fetterman is is clearly still confronting the health crisis. And that should be that that does matter. And we saw firsthand how it went last night. Yeah, it it my husband and I were watching it together. And to your point, we had we watched it on News Nation, which I've never even watched that channel before. But it was unfortunate. And I think it should be an FCC investigation, quite frankly, because local stations are required, according to their FCC licensing, to provide this kind of important content to voters and to the public. And so the fact that any dispute, I don't care what their business dispute was, it doesn't matter to me. I do believe that the FCC should investigate and Verizon, as well as you know PHL 17, they should be held accountable that people struggled to find this. And again, it goes to your point about the media, but also it plays into this feeling of a lack of transparency. 
when it comes to media, when it comes to elections. And we never want that. We want to make sure that everybody feels their vote counts. And so that, to me, is a huge disappointment. But um, Charles McElwee, if we could, and, and Charles, I, I think everybody knows you, but I just do want to say you're editor of Real Clear Pennsylvania, John Farley Memorial alumnus, fellow, part of the Robert Novak Fellowship Program, adjunct professor, uh, certainly at local colleges, and a regular contributor to so many different great publications such as Real Clear Politics, Real Clear PA, Philadelphia Inquirer, among other publications. I could go on and on about you, but let's listen in as we hear. Let's just take another, um, let's choose, I'll take cut six, Fetterman and Oz talking about minimum wage, for example. John Fetterman shoots too low. We want much more money than that. And there are many ways to achieve that. But John Fetterman thinks the minimum wage is his weekly allowance from his parents. He's not really cognizant of the real challenges of business owners who've got to balance that with employees. Thankfully, we have a solution. And John, you didn't answer the question. You can't put businesses out of uh, commission in order to pay more wages because they won't be. The wages will go to zero, which is John Fetterman's radical plan. If you really follow to conclusion, here's what I would do. We have one of the richest energy states in the country. I believe if we could unleash the energy beneath our feet here in Pennsylvania, there'd be plenty of money to go around. We'd have increased wages, a more reason for students to take uh, uh, take vocational classes to be able to learn trades, which I'm strongly supportive of. We'd also be able to pipe that gas, improve our economy, and reduce inflation. That's a plan that works, and it's humble enough that I can say it broadly. Thank you. I want to I want to give you, uh, Mr. Fetterman, a 15 second follow up to what he just said about yeah. you. Now, again, it's it's remarkable. He hasn't really had any answer that he actually had about that in his. Uh, he doesn't want to talk about having somebody having a living wage and having somebody able to survive again. And I want to come back to you now, Mr. Oz, for a quick follow up. What do you say to those Pennsylvanians that he just spoke of that are trying to survive on 725 an hour, which is less than all of our neighbors? You have 30 seconds. Oh, I don't think you should have to survive on 725 an hour. I want the minimum wage up as high as it can go. I want to highlight that I have an agenda for prosperity, unlike John Fetterman. I want us all getting paid a lot more than $15. And I answered your question directly in a way that would preserve business owners, job creators, so they thrive, and we'd have lots more employees entering the workforce and then prospering, getting paid $25, $35, $45 an hour. But we're never gonna get there if we don't unleash our energy. And John Fetterman's stubbornness on calling it a state on Pennsylvania is an insult to those workers. To be clear, you said you want people making a lot more, but that's not through a federal law of minimum wage that's through market forces market forces should drive it up anyway and it's already done that so that's just one exchange when you listen to that charles do you also were you were you waiting for more let's say on education because we had different reports coming out coming out over the past couple of weeks about standardized testing for example in our schools and pennsylvania children and in particular philadelphia children scoring much lower than the national average much lower than the national average, right? We, we have school districts throughout Pennsylvania that are really struggling right now, um, in, in many cases failing. And these school districts are oftentimes the primary employers in many Pennsylvania communities as well. But when you listen to that exchange, Don, it, it's, it speaks for itself. Uh, Fetterman's answer was borderline incoherent. Oz in that exchange was reflective of how he was throughout the debate, which was substantive mm-hmm. and really quite 
centrist, if not moderate, is his answers, perhaps in the mold of how Pat Toomey has been as a senator and uh, how many senators in Pennsylvania have been in the past who have prevailed and, and, and represented Pennsylvania in Washington. But Fetterman's positions in so many communities that are like Braddock. So Pennsylvania is a state of many Braddocks, communities that have experienced population decline, economic decline, places that were defined by extraction industries that shaped them. And all they have left are these historical markers that remind them of what they once had. And these are places where people, voters, are living in old homes where they're dependent on fuel and fuel is rising. And here we are in a state where hundreds of thousands are employed in ancillary industries alone when it comes to the energy sector. And Fetterman's position, the progressive position, really, on energy it just does not work in in a state where so many working class voters uh, are, are struggling to make ends meet and just to stay warm for the colder days ahead. So really the, the minimum wage debate, I mean, odds has the upper hand in the sense of one, the market forces, but two, supporting an industry that is globally unique in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and that brings us to the issue of fracking. I just want to play one more snippet, and this was Fetterman's answer, non-answer, as he is being asked by the moderators to clarify his where he stands on fracking and the flip-flop, flip-flopping on fracking, if I can spit that out. Let's listen in. I must correct the record. Uh, well, he... uh, just a second, Mr. Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking. And I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. Okay, thank you, Mr. Fetterman. So it's confusing because he he says, I do support it, but then he says, I don't, I don't. And some people thought that, you know, that this was a contradiction and and certainly the cognitive issue is going on or the speech issue, whatever you want to say. But in that one, I don't know that we got a straight answer. We didn't get a straight answer, and yes, I mean, really, uh, that answer may have been different before May, uh, before he had the stroke. Um, so I think that was definitely a prime example of just that auditory uh, processing, just the cognitive questions that people are raising about Fetterman's recovery, that it was only a few months ago that he had this significant crisis, and it leads to that example of is he capable of uh, communicating um, what he is trying to convey. But regardless, Federman did say in, in recent history, in 2018, that uh, he is not for fracking. Uh, in, in, in a state where fracking is a driver of economic development, and, in, for example, Don, in just last year around this time, Luzerne County announced a, a natural gas project that was the largest economic development announcement in, in terms of dollars in the county's history. So 
of course, voters in these places, when they hear what Fetterman said in 18 and then chalk it up to what he said last night, which, of course, was uh, perhaps even incoherent, that uh, they're asking themselves, is it in their economic interest to vote for Fetterman? But, of course, following last night's debate, so many voters, even independent voters, may be asking themselves this morning, is it responsible to uh, send Fetterman to Washington? Yeah, it's it's stunning that the media, especially in Philadelphia, but even the national media, the way that they're portraying this and playing clips of it and then combine that with the fact that local viewers, many could not find it anywhere. And so that they have to rely, in other words, just it, it, I don't think in its entirety it's it's put out there or made available on any public television channel for somebody who perhaps is not as media savvy or doesn't have all the different doesn't have news nation etc so it's i think it's it's a little frustrating when you only have two weeks to go to and it feels like it was by design two weeks prior and then people are having trouble accessing this debate it's infuriating to me it really is and that's so true don i mean i I think of my situation last night I, i was watching the debate in philadelphia and we on Real Clear Pennsylvania, we had a, a feed via YouTube that was available to visitors to the website. But otherwise, there, there was a moment of panic trying to find it on TV. Mm-hmm. And that was the case for so many viewers who perhaps wanted to watch it last night, but they just couldn't find it. So that is a serious problem. And uh, that combined with just the fact that, uh, again, uh, so many have already cast their ballots. This debate was scheduled way too late. Perhaps the Fetterman campaign this morning, they're kicking themselves or even agreeing to a debate. But uh, this debate should have been sooner. It should have been in early October, not just days before Election Day. Yeah, agreed. You know, I have to ask you about this because I know they're planning a morning news conference. So I I apologize for putting you on the spot. But we we had heard about the report coming out of of Harrisburg and the House, you know, the House in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania putting out reports with regard to its investigation and probe into Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner. So there are reports that they've issued a news release and that, in fact, they um, amid that critical report that they released Monday that the House Committee on Restoring Law and Order now may be you know, preparing articles of impeachment for D.A. Larry Krasner. Have you heard anything on that as far as the latest from where you stand and what's going on with reportedly articles of impeachment prepared or, you know, as the full house would then have to approve of it, obviously, but we've talked about it in the past. Do you have anything to add about that? So the impeachment process in the state legislature is quite complex. It's time consuming and it has only been successful twice in Pennsylvania history. The last time being, the impeachment of a, a state Supreme Court justice in 1994. So only two instances, there were talks of impeachment of Kathleen Kane when she was still uh, in her legal chance as Attorney General of Pennsylvania. But this will be a story to follow. And there is perhaps an emerging bipartisan consensus that it is not in the interests of a major city, especially for its residents who reside within that city, to have a district attorney who is clearly blinded by ideology, 
and does not believe in enforcing laws on the book to ensure public safety. And it makes me think back on to two things. I mean, really, um, last night, Oz, we kept referencing how he would approach the problems of the state as a surgeon, the problems of this nation as a surgeon to bring people together. And there was a time in Philadelphia where we, we had local leaders who had that approach as well. I never forgot this uh, essay written by Ed Rendell when he was mayor. It came out in City Journal in 1995, and he said he was approaching the problems of the city at that time as a surgeon. And he was quite successful in that surgery in the sense of by 2015, Philadelphia had record low crime rates. It was vibrant. You felt safe in the city. But here we are now uh, with, with local leaders who have taken the opposite approach. So it will be interesting to see if Philadelphia follows the path of San Francisco in the sense of you know, Chase Bowden, who was booted out as district attorney there, and a mayor who has kind of veered away from the leftward direction in her leadership. Will that happen in the city, and will the state legislature in this impeachment process, will this force local leaders to perhaps reconsider how they approach the present problems in the city and the city's indisputable crime crisis. Yeah, well said. Well, Charles McElwee, we look forward to the next time. Thank you so much for weighing in and giving us your expert analysis, as always. Thank you, Don. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, Mom and Dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.